Hello, and welcome everyone to Stand By Me's podcast series. Stand By Me is a partnership between the United Way of Delaware and the State of Delaware that offers free one-on-one support to Delawareans who want to understand more about their money, make good financial decisions, and achieve their financial goals. On today's program, we're joined by Corey Dunt and Camille Momin from the Stand By Me College Careers and Cash Program. So to get started, if you could each just please introduce yourselves and your title or role within the program. Sure. I'm Corey Dunn. I'm the program manager for College Careers and Cash for Stand By Me's Next Gen programs. And I'm Camille Moman. I am a financial consultant and a facilitator of the CCC program in Kent County, Delaware. So what is College Careers and Cash or CCC and when did it get started? Uh, College Careers and Cash is a financial literacy education program for high school students. We started in 2018 with a 10-school pilot statewide, uh, and since then, we have been in 24 different high schools statewide and served almost 8,000 students uh, in that time. Traditionally, we have helped students think about, what do I want my life to look like? Uh, What kind of career do I want that can help me get to that life? And is that career going to provide the kind of income that I need? to live that life? And if not, what do I have to start thinking about and doing to get to where I want to be? More recently for the the 2020-2021 school year, we're going to be offering a ninth grade program called CCC Explore under a new collaborative we're part of that's going to help students understand kind of who am I, what do I want out of life, Uh, What does the world of work look like and what do I need to be thinking about to get into that world and then introduce them to some basic financial concepts? Why is a program like this necessary? So I kind of consider college careers and cash like a preventive medicine type program. A lot of times in Stand By Me, people come to financial coaching as an emergency room visit. Something really bad has happened. They're very overwhelmed with their debt or something kind of shook them into coming into us because they don't know where else to go. But with college careers and cash, I call it a preventive medicine type workshop because we're teaching students how to think about money before they even make money. And we truly believe the more they learn and hear about these different financial empowerment concepts, the better financially empowered they'll be. I've thought as I've been looking through the materials how valuable it would have been to me at a high school age to have this content. It seems like something that is so necessary and just makes so much sense, but you really can't find this kind of financial literacy education out there. You don't, you don't otherwise get it in high school. You don't really get it in college. So it's really fascinating. Which is where the kind of the impetus came from. There was no financial literacy education in high school curriculum And the Department of Education wanted to add something, but a lot of the schools didn't have the manpower or the space to add content like this. And so we got the call, we developed the program, and we've been implementing it in high schools uh, statewide ever since. And I like to, to add to what Camille said, she and I both started with Stand By Me as financial coaches. So we saw that, you know, that emergency room you know, atmosphere over and over and over again with people. And so I'll often share anecdotes with students in the CCC sessions that I facilitate. 
and tell them, hey, when I was a financial coach, this is the kind of stuff that I saw and you don't want to, to be in that same situation, which is why we're bringing this to you now to help you get a better foot up in life instead of having to kind of play catch up down the road. You talked about this a little bit earlier, but what kind of reach have you had over the the time that the program has been in existence? How many schools have participated? How many are participating currently? And do you have any limitations on how many can participate? With our pilot in 2018, we started with 10 statewide, and now we're up to about 24 statewide. We've added a couple new schools this year for the the, uh, collaborative. We're part of the Delaware Student Success Collaborative. I think probably the limitation would be mostly manpower. We have a relatively small team, um, and there's only just so much that we can do. Another limitation has been some schools just don't feel they can fit in this content to their already super tight-packed curriculums. So what kind of outcomes have you seen in your work in the schools? We have seen great outcomes. I really uh, like to be in the classroom, and as we give them time to work on um, their different uh, projects, it's really great to hear the conversations that come out of the clusters of the 10th graders that are working in their budget or on their career path or things like that, because it really gets them thinking and gives them time to kind of compare notes with what they've already wrote down with their colleagues and and things like that. But we do also do a pre and post survey to try to quantify what they've learned in the class. That that data that we get really does show some growth from from beginning to end, especially in the question of more or less, do you know what an adult lifestyle costs? And the average average 25% of students at the beginning of CCC, agree that they know what an adult lifestyle costs. And in the post-survey, typically 80 to 90% of students now know what an adult lifestyle costs. So they're at least learning kind of, you know, what, what is cost of living uh, typically for an adult. We also see great gains in students understanding what kind of education they need for the careers they want to do, what kind of qualities they have to have in order to be successful. Um, and because of, because of our, our time with them, we see a, an uptick in students who are planning on pursuing some sort of post-secondary education um, after they've taken our program and seen what the educational requirements are as opposed to their, their thoughts on post-secondary education before we got started. You talked about the surveys. Talk about some of the feedback you received from students. How has this program impacted them? Oh my gosh, we've gotten some really great feedback from students, not just on the page, but in, in real life situations as well. Um, and I'll, I know Camille's got some stories um, to share. I download all the data, and this past year, we added an open-ended question to the post survey that pretty much said, what's the most important thing you learned from, from participating in this program? And students have been really, really quick to share kind of what you said, Matt, you know, I've never gotten this education in any other class. This is so valuable. Um, you know, I'm learning how important education is because it increases my employability. It increases my earning potential. I uh, was able to save money for my first car or um, I changed what I want to do for my life. And I'm looking at a, at a, a college education track now that I wasn't looking at before. Um, so it's been rewarding to, to, to read student outcomes, but also to hear them in person uh, being out and about. 
the dialogue is really great for the students. And a lot of times the dialogue takes our, our class even to another level. So I've had students talk about gender wealth gaps in the class. That was never in our curriculum, but it, it posed a great question and um, a great conversation came along with that. Uh, we also had um, questions about uh, credit. Uh, that was not originally part of our curriculum, but because um, of the conversation that kind of came out of one of the classes, we ended up adding some of that into the curriculum. Student loans, um, um, people who are in ROTC that are going to be going to the military. A lot of the times we make it a money conversation where their questions and their comments will allow us to go in a different direction while we're still covering the same content. So the feedback has been really good, and I really am glad we added that open-ended question this year because it allowed us to really get some of their thoughts instead of just yes or no, closed-end type questions. Obviously, we're in the midst of a pandemic, and that's impacting what's happening in schools. And a lot of how you've historically delivered this program has been in schools. How has the program had to evolve and shift based on what's currently happening? Right now, it's, it's a lot of wait and see. Um, I reached out to all of our partner schools and said, hey, we're here, we're, we're willing, we're able, let us know what you want to do. Um, and a lot of schools are kind of saying, you know, we're going virtual for the first six weeks. Let's talk in October and see how we can implement this. Um, but we are prepared to go virtual. We have um, a Zoom account. Um, for all of our standby me, our, our next gen uh, facilitators, we've been practicing. We're ready to present with Zoom, uh, which is the platform that most of the schools say that they are, have been using and will be using. Um, connect that through Schoology. We'll put all of our materials for students up on Schoology. Um, typically, we, we provide a workbook, a physical workbook to every student free of charge to the schools. Um, but this year, a lot of students aren't going to be able to have access to those physical materials like we were hoping they would. So it seems like the, the syllable PDF, those are pretty much going to be the materials that students are going to be getting and work with that virtual PDF that they can fill in on their computer or print out at home and fill in on paper. So that's kind of the direction we're going to go. Every school has been a little bit different with how they want to implement this. Uh, and it's still a work in progress with a lot of schools, but we're hoping for brighter days hopefully as soon as spring, but who knows? You mentioned DSSC. What is DSSC? DSSC, a little bit of background. Um, Delaware had applied for something called the Gear Up Grant through the federal government, um, which provided a lot of money for, fe um, for financial literacy programs. Unfortunately, we weren't able to secure that grant, but Stand By Me had already been chosen as a vendor if that grant had gone through. So the state of Delaware decided... We'll just we'll do a similar program ourselves and stand by me. You're going to be our ninth and tenth grade financial literacy vendor, and then junior achievement is going to be for seventh and eighth grade. DSSC stands for Delaware Student Success Collaborative. Um, so it's a collaborative between the state, um, junior achievement, stand by me. Um, there's some additional vendors who are doing some of the the management on the management side of this, and really it's just a push to, as we've kind of alluded to, bring financial literacy education into the schools and not make it a special program, but really kind of try to implement it into the culture of these schools. Four schools did sign up, and we're going to try and see what happens, and hopefully, you know, next year, 
the more schools will sign up and see the value of this program. But we're still able to offer our current CCC version to our, our existing partner schools outside of this collaborative. Now, are you creating any new content specifically for this? The ninth grade uh, content we, we created ourselves. Um, we, we revamped our 10th grade content, um, which I've been lately calling CCC Traditional, and call that CCC Envision, where the ninth grade content is called CCC Explore, because we're really having these ninth graders kind of start exploring what's important to them as far as values, as far as career interests. Um, and exploring some financial literacy topics, such as saving and banking topics, things like that, where the 10th grade, we're having them build upon that, and now they can start envisioning their lives. They know who they are. They know kind of what area they want to be in, and now they can kind of narrow it down. Say, okay, this is the job I see myself being in. This is the life that I see myself living, and this is how I'm going to try to put it all together and what I need to be doing to get further down the road. So how can an interested student or family that's listening to this find out if their school offers college careers in cash? Have them speak to their guidance counselor. We typically uh, work with guidance counselors. In some schools, it's principals. And in some schools, it's at the teacher level. Somebody in the administration office is usually always involved in some ways. If a parent or student's like, well, we're not aware of this CCC thing. Are we going to have it? Have we had it? What's the deal? Have them reach out to their guidance counselor, inquire about college careers and cash or what their stand by me relationship is. And if they don't have CCC, that counselor can get in touch with me and we can try to, to see what can be done this year, upcoming years, whatever is going to work best for the school um, and say along our capacity lines as well. Is there anything else you think is important to share about the program that we haven't covered already? Well, I think like you said, Matt, I wish that this was something that I had when I was in high school. And as a rule, teachers, administrators at, at every school we've been in have, have echoed that sentiment. They're like, I really wish that I had this when I was in school because I wouldn't have made the mistakes that I made um, or I could have avoided a little bit of hassle with, with this or the other. And as I said, some of the students that I've seen, I know that um, one of our other facilitators has seen students out and about. We see them in the streets and they give us these stories about how this content, you know, this two 90-minute sessions in their, in their 10th grade year has impacted them as far as their finances or the direction they want their future to take. So now I think our first group of students just graduated this year. So now hopefully what we've been able to impart to them is real, that they're applying it and that they've been affected positively and can make that change that in 10th grade they started thinking about maybe for the first time. So much of high school education and really college education is focused on the vocational training. It's, it's how you do a job. And yeah. you have some sense if you're, uh, if you're going through those programs what kind of money you can make. Everybody knows a doctor is going to make more than some mm -hmm. service industry. But it's so infrequent that you get the, the consciousness of how do, I, how do I plan the life that I want? If you yep. focus on it from the lifestyle perspective first and say what's the lifestyle you want and then therefore what kind of income do you need to have and how do you get that income? It's just such a logical way to go. And it's just, it's shocking that this hasn't been a broader conversation, particularly because so much of our society we live in is dependent on income. And, and that's the whole nature of our mm -hmm. economy. Um, and that's what, that, that's what really differentiates someone that you would consider, quote, successful uh, or more successful than another. I always say we teach them how to make money, but we don't teach them how to keep the money. 
and I, I can have a great argument on which one's more important, how to make it or how to keep it. So mm-hmm. I definitely agree with what you just said. Uh, when Stand By Me came about, we were under the um, leadership of uh, former Governor um, Governor Markell, and one of the things that he truly believed in was financial literacy because he believed the stronger we could make Delawareans um, in financial empowerment area, the stronger Delaware would be. So I think this college careers in cash, although it came about after his term, I believe that really falls into that model of the stronger we can make Delawareans um, financially, then the stronger Delaware can be as a whole. We can't be all things to all people all the time. Um, And we would love for CCC to really be able to touch on everything that these students are thinking about and wanting to know about, but we can't. Um, But what is nice is since we're part of Stand By Me, we can give them information and say, hey, we, we might not be able to impart everything you want to know in this time that we're together, but con- here's our organization. You can get involved in our organization and, and get this coaching, get these question answers, get this guidance that can help you along the way. If we can offer them Stand By Me as a resource, then we can help them continue to be successful um, and say avoid those pitfalls and make sure that they have the best resources, the best information, and the best guidance, even when we no longer are able to be with them. Well, clearly, as we've talked about, this is a very, very important program just to help the financial literacy of students in the state. So I just want to thank you for your commitment to helping to create great lives for the students in Delaware. And, uh, and thank you so much for being a part of the program today. Today's podcast has been brought to you by the United Way of Delaware, the State of Delaware, and by our generous partners and donors. For more information, visit www.standbyme.org or facebook.com slash standbymedelaware. If you are in need of emergency food assistance, Delaware 211 is the state's referral hotline. Dial 211 or 1-800-560-3372 or text 898-211 or visit www.delaware211.org.